Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Let me, let me preface my sermon by saying this. This is the first year in the last couple that I have not devoted the entire sermon to a United States, United States historical theme. I did Lincoln Search for God last year. I did Washington last year. Uh, the one that I would point out, if that's something that really interests you, if you don't know me, I see a lot of new faces. It's, it's cool to see some faces we don't see all the time, like all the friars are here, right? Christy, Javi, Brooks here, right? Lily, the prince is here. I see Linda talking to the prince, Arthur, and there's Buddy. So I, a lot of cool faces. It's, it's good to have the family back in the house for this holiday weekend. Uh, but I would say to you, if that is something that interests you, I would put, I've been preaching for almost 20 years here. I would say, in my, just in my own personal top 10 that I enjoyed, would be, are we a Christian nation? And I did a two-part series a couple of years ago. And it will be something I'll use pieces of it again in the future. But uh, I didn't really feel led. This is God put me in a different direction. But if that's something you'd like to listen to, there are plenty of sermons that you can look at. Go to the podcast, you go to our website, and you can find those. Um, to start today's sermon, though, I would like for you to look at your neighbor and just repeat the title of our sermon, Don't Skip the Celebration. Yeah. That's all I told you to say, nothing else. <laughs> well, listen, this is what we're going to look at today. I figured this, this sermon would be really fitting for July 4th weekend. And how many of you know that celebration is actually one of the spiritual disciplines? I'll never forget one of my seminary professors, uh, beloved. Uh, I remember we were reading, Richard, how many of you read Richard, Richard Foster's great book on uh, the disciplines? Also Dallas Willard wrote a great book, a philosopher, theologian, uh, also on the disciplines. I don't think we spend enough time on joy in the Christian life and celebration. Now, I have a twist. We're going to be in Nehemiah 8. Let me just tell you, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. I did a series on Nehemiah some years ago. We walked through that whole story. If you're somebody that's a business owner, if you're somebody that is, you know, looking to, you're a leader in any capacity, I would say the book of Nehemiah is a book that you have to read. If you're looking to build a team, recruit a team, uh, if you're going to, you know, sacrificial leadership, how to deal with enemies, all right, the book of Nehemiah is for you. I can't give you the whole story, but we're going to be locked in to right here. And I'm going to, I don't usually do this. I'm going to back into the portion of scripture that I'd like to camp out in. And we have some Bibles if you don't have one. Uh, Matt, I may need one later because I actually, the preacher left his Bible in the car, right? As I was grabbing, so I just want to leave one here. I may use it later. I may not for something. Okay, here's the first verse I would like to look at, Nehemiah 8.10. Oops, no. Where is it? Uh, I'm gonna, you're going to see that. We're out of order, so I'm going to have to go back to that. You're like, what are those pictures all about? Give me a second. This is, the, this is the verse I'd like to look at first. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food. Some translations will say Food, ex, food that has extra fat, food that is really rich, high calories, right? Go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and sem, send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
That's a verse that many people love, right? You've heard that before. You didn't really clap. You didn't really give me a smile. No, let's say it again. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah, yeah. Did you know C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis said joy is the serious business of heaven. You can't understand God. He also said, this isn't in my notes. I'm just preaching a little bit. He also said, you can't understand God unless you understand he is the happiest being in all the universe. Away with us. Let's eradicate this notion that there is a God who is in heaven and people are singing, so they're just singing amazing grace 10 million thousand times. That sounds a lot more like hell than heaven to me. There is going to be unspeakable joy in the heavenlies one day for us. You're not sitting on a cloud. You're not sitting there with a harp. You're not playing music, drinking a cocktail. There'll be things to do. Heaven is not going to be stagnant. And our understanding and the revelation of who God is, it's going to be something that is ever increasing for all of eternity. That's good news, friends. Good. You're alive. To, you, have, you have to understand something. You have to help me preach. You're helping me preach already. Don't fall asleep. I'm a better preacher when you preach with me. You can shout. You can say amen. You can clap your hands, Leslie. You can do whatever you want. But I'm telling you, I'm a better preacher when you preach with me. The one thing I'll say that my wife's family, good timing, baby, One thing I'll say, my wife's family has taught me. You know what my wife's family has taught me? How to celebrate. No, really, I'm I'm serious. You have to see this. I've waited some time to extrapolate, on, to to really break this down for you. You see, her family, my in-laws, my brother-in-law, they'll never be here this weekend because they're up in Shokan, New York, celebrating, get ready for this, the 47th annual Buckley Family Weekend. You heard me. You think, oh yeah, we have family reunions. We do stuff. No, you don't. No, 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 no. Your family has nothing on the Buckley family. They understand how to celebrate in a way that I've never seen before. Let me just show you a couple of pictures and then we're going to cue that video. You're going to watch. I have to show you a minute and a half video because I've, I, I, I've never seen anything like it, right? As it pertains to celebrating family reunions. You with me? All right. Now, I didn't even write notes for this. I told Megan this morning, I said, I'm just going to kind of talk because I could go in a thousand different directions on this. Let me show you a couple of pictures. Let me go backwards. All right. This is a group picture. Now, when you come into the family, no, nobody warned me. I, I, I came into the family and then I found out there's this big family. I, I, this has to move out of my way because I like to move up here and I got it. I got it. I don't need anybody. I'm good. I'm good. I'm self-sufficient. But you get, you come into the family and there's a competition in Chokan, New York. You're either a star or you're a stripe. Yeah, there are t-shirts, there are teams, and there are points for all different kinds of events. They have ping pong, they have Connect Four, they have volleyball, they have kickball. And how about, you want to talk about intense? A couple of years ago, right? Now, I'm, I'm an athlete, right? I've played sports my whole life. But when I was there playing a volleyball, they threw me in the volleyball game and I'm playing and then I kind of went after a ball, but I'm like, how, am I going all out here? Or am I just going to kind of like, I'll give it 50%. So I kind of gave it 50% after a ball. Some guy who doesn't know me, I don't know what, where he's part of the family or whatever, he turns around. He's like, dude, you got to get that. You got to get that. I'm like, oh, you want me to get that? All right, now I'm going to start spiking the ball. I'm going to smash the ball at you. I'm going to go all out. And then I started going at him. Dude, you got to get that. 
You got to get that ball. You got to step up, right? This is crazy. All these different events. And the orchestrator, her uncle, Uncle Ray, and some of you have met this man. He's one of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. Is he one of the most amazing people you'll ever meet? You want to say something and interrupt my sermon? It better be good. Go ahead. He was what? That's right. He was. He was Jack's wrestling coach. How cool is that? An amazing principal. For, no, wait, wait, how about this? So this is just one of the pictures. Kid, they have trophies and certificates they give to kids. There's an MVP every year, and then the kids age out, and they want every kid to eventually win it. I've never seen people celebrate little kids like this family does. It's amazing. You all want to come. Guess what? Here's the rule. You can only come once in your lifetime as a friend of one of the relatives. You bet. I don't know who I'm inviting next year. Some of you look like you really want to come. Here's another picture, though. Here's another one. Can I have a little fun today? It's, come on, it's 4th of July weekend. Can I have a little fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tethered to the message, all right? But don't get religious on me. Here is, there is a flag-raising ceremony. Yeah. There's, a, there's, opening, there's opening festivities and then closing, like the Olympics. I was like, wait. She's like, yeah, you, here we go. And the oldest person is, they raise the flag. Whoever the oldest person is in the family, they raise the flag. But here was the coolest thing that I saw the first time I went. Everybody holds hands. You're a star, you're a stripe. You hold hands together. And then Uncle Ray goes around the circle and he talks about all the different achievements and accomplishments of everybody in the family. It doesn't matter if it takes a half an hour. It doesn't matter if it takes 45 minutes. They celebrate every single person. Yeah, we're celebrating the 4th of July when we go there, but they're celebrating the big things and the little things in the lives of those family members. Isn't that neat? How about this? This guy became a citizen. Here's Gilly. Right? None of you are ever going to meet Gilly. Gilly's dressed up like Uncle Sam, right? He became an American citizen a couple years ago. There was a big deal, big party, celebration time, right? Celebrate. Now, here's the, here's the best part, though. Ready, Scott? You, gotta, you can't make this up. One of the, one of the individuals that, that comes to the Buckley Family Weekend is a meteorologist in North Carolina. He did a whole weather report. I'm, it's only a minute and a half. You want to see this? Yes. You ready for this? A minute and a half on Buckley Family Weekend on his North Carolina station. Go ahead, chill. You got to watch this. There's a duck race, by the way, too. Yeah. Totally normal. Cell phone coverage. So don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> see how this works. 
our puppet out there. To recap before you Friday, Saturday, chances for storms at times. It won't be raining a lot, but there will be some times where we could get a downpour. If you're a tent person, bring along and talk, put it underneath. Wait, people have tents, they sleep everywhere, and the yard. It's just... Have a great fucking weekend. Try to sit the in the Come on. Hey, Scott, last slide. I got to show the Pull my PowerPoint up. I got to just show you this one slide. There's like a constitution, right, for the Buckley family weekend. And I put the slide up. I screenshotted it. So you have to see this, that all the different, it goes through the whole history. There's a whole website that's devoted to this. How many of your families have a website with a 47-year history of like this family, right? Nobody, who does this? Nobody does this. Here's the last slide, I promise. And then I'll move on from this. Where is it? Oh, here it is, right? The table of contents. Kids games, award ceremony. They even, this guy should run the economy, okay? <laughs> this guy has a point system for how much like people, like, you, what food you bring, and then you, you bring receipts, and then they figure, I'm not kidding, like credits, well, you owe four credits. I'm like, four credits? I don't know what that means. What does that mean? How much money does my family owe you for the weekend? But you see everyone, like the, the grocery list, the photo contest, I mean, attire. This is a big deal. And I use this, right? I'm using this as an example because these are people that really understand how to celebrate life. How many of us in here really know how to celebrate life? I'm not, listen to me. I brought some props in today. I'm not just talking about, I went to the store this morning. I'm not just talking about, I I went into, where was I? Food Town. And they had all the red and blue plates and cups and all that wonderful stuff. I'm talking about this morning, if you get nothing else, Well, there's a couple of things you have to get, but this is one of them. We should not just be a people that eat off of the red and the blue plates on the holidays or the special occasions. We need to take the seemingly trivial, just ordinary moments in life and say, you know what? It's celebration time. I'm eating off the red and the blue plate. How many of you are with me? I'm preaching already if you don't hear me. Naeem, where did you throw the plates over there? Maybe we'll get them later on. I threw a bowl during the Jacob series. If you weren't here at the end, I said, say no to the bowl. We looked at Jacob and Esau, right? These two brothers that are feuding and they're fighting and the bowl broke right as I was. I didn't plan it, but it just kind of happened. It was cool. You had to be here for that. Well, whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a coach, a parent, I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm saying there's always this, this relationship that exists. Baby, you're going to film me the whole time or what? I love you, but you can't film me the whole time. You got enough of the Buckleys over there. Look at her. She wants to hide now. I said, don't film me the whole... She wants to send this to her family, I guess, like that, hey, I talked about the Buckley. Steve, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you get it. What was I saying? So I said, whether you're... Listen, whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a coach, or a parent, isn't there this tension that exists between celebrating and correcting? Think about it for a second. There's really a tension that exists because... A lot of times we look at situations and we say, how much should I celebrate in life and how much should I correct? I'm not a great celebrator. I've never been a great celebrator. I'll tell you this, I said it to her this week. I said, you know what? I'm really not a great celebrator, but I'm finding out as I get older, if I continue to stretch myself, Eric, and I just keep going and I keep stretching myself and I don't stop, I sacrifice and I work and I work and I work. And if I don't stop and spend time to celebrate things in life, I'm going to break. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Type A, any type A people in the room, right? Absolutely, right? So, and you get this, if you're a parent and you're always correcting and you're never celebrating, what happens? You lose credibility with your children, I mean, parents, you know what I'm talking about. I have a tendency, George, Rob, good to see you guys. 
this is fun today. I'm seeing people. I'm just, no, I usually don't, hey, by the way, I usually don't look at faces. I look over you, but today I'm enjoying looking at you, okay? So if you fall asleep, I may notice and come over and nudge you. Uh, it's interesting as parents though, right? You, you, you know what I'm talking about? If you're always correcting your kids, I said to Megan, I said, I have a tendency, a proclivity to, to move more. I have a bend more that I will correct. And she'll have to tell me sometimes, honey, you better stop. You better stop yelling at Jameson. You better start celebrating. I'm like, yup, you're right, honey. You're absolutely right. Or even if it's like a coach. I put, you know, I remember one of my football coaches in college, Scotty, Scotty, Cal D, remember? Coach C, right? Always correcting, correcting, correcting. But then once in a while when you got him and he would celebrate something that you did, it was a big deal. We have to be a people. We can't always be correcting, correcting, correcting. There have to be times that we actually stop and we celebrate. Why do I say all that? Because in Nehemiah chapter 8, we're in a situation where this is the 5th century. Just to give you, can I give you a little bit of history? I don't want to bore you too much. I can't give you everything. But this is a story where you have a guy named Nehemiah. And he he becomes a cupbearer to the king. He ascends to this really, you know, high-ranking position. And the children of Israel were in Babylonian captivity for a long time. And here in this story, what I read you, that one verse, when I read you by Buckley's, all right, when I read you Nehemiah 8.10, there is a celebration that is happening because Nehemiah and one of his contemporaries, his name is Ezra. If you ever read these books in the Bible, you, you read their stories, they go hand in hand. You can't really read one without reading the other. And you have the prophet and this cupbearer, Nehemiah, and then the other side, you have this guy, Ezra, who's the scribe. But they're working together to reestablish and to rebuild Jerusalem. So they're going back for those people that you don't know any of the story. And I know there are people in here. You're like, I don't know any of this story. That's cool. That's fine. That's why I'm giving you this background, this historical context. So here in this story, I'm going to back it. I'm going to go into the beginning of the chapter in a second. But you have to understand and see it's celebration time. Nehemiah and Ezra are saying, look, it's time for us. Let's take the Brussels sprouts, take the broccoli, take the locust and put them on the side. It's time to pull out the Twinkies, baby. Right? It's time to pull out the bacon, those things that are full of fat. That's what it is. How many of this is like one of your favorite verses in the Bible now? Some of you looked at this and said, I didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Look at that. Go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Party time. Some of you are too religious. Like, I don't know if I can really know. I don't know if I can go there with you, Pastor James. We're in church. And we're supposed to be talking about foods that are healthy for us. And that, listen, this is like real party time, real food in this story. So that's the background that we're looking at here. So they're in captivity. And, and Nehemiah takes a city where the walls have been down, get this, for 150 years. 150 years. The children of Israel, you know how quick it takes them to rebuild everything? 52 days. What? 52 days it takes them to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. That's amazing. And the Bible attests to the fact that God was in this. Because otherwise this never could have come to fruition. This never could have happened. Now can we go to the beginning of chapter 8? Now let me read you the beginning of this, okay? I want you to see how they party in J-Town. Okay, you ready for this? Jerusalem, J-Town, some of you are like, I didn't get that. You got it now. Okay. Right, at the top, it says, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. Right, this is before Nixon. Right, they told Ezra, 
the teacher, I was waiting for that all week. I was like, I don't know if they're going to think it's cornball, but I'm a history teacher too, so I had to go with it. Uh, they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses. Now, this is something, the book of the law of Moses, the Torah. The Torah, has, they, they have not read from this for a long period of time. They're in a, they're in a stage of what we would call scholars, historians call apostasy, because they've moved away. The children of Israel, they've moved away from God. And God has to, and you see the cycle? We've looked at this. We looked at the book of Judges at one point, you know, a couple of years ago in the church. And you see this apostasy, this moving away. And God is trying to call a people back. And they told Ezra, the teacher of law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. What? Read it from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Now, here's a people, while the walls were down, so they're back in Jerusalem, right? They're trying to rebuild the walls. It's going to happen in less than uh, two months, right? 50, 52 days. So it's going to happen in a quick period of time. But before the walls were built, they were susceptible to attacks by their enemies, all right? And, the, and you see this here. The first thing he has to do is, hey, look, we have to shore up the walls. Before we can do anything inside of the city, we have to shore up the walls to protect those that are trying to come in from outside the city. You with me? You following me? Okay. So this is what happens here at this point. Now, this is what one scholar, Derek Kidner, is one of my favorite Old Testament scholars. He said this. I didn't put it on a PowerPoint, but I'll just read it to you. He said, this day was a turning point. From now on, the Jews would be predominantly a people of the book. Isn't that good? Hey, can I just pause for a second? Are we a people of the book? I've hit you hard the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you noticed it. I hit you hard last week too. I'm I'm going after us as a people to get more into his word and to be a people of the book, right? I'm not just here to entertain you and I'm giving you the Jacob series. My goal is not that you would walk out and you go, oh, that was funny. That was a cool story. It was cool when he threw this. It was cool when he said that. No, that's not my goal. My goal is that you would say, you know what? I want to get into the word more. And you'd say, you know what? I want to go to Nehemiah 8.10 or go to Nehemiah just 8. Read one verse because you read one verse. It takes you to the next verse and then it takes you to another verse and then you keep going and then God can speak to us through that. There are people of the book, and here are these people, by the way, who would stand, they stood, who would stand here for six hours and listen to me preach? Not on Jacob, just on something general. Who would? You're lying. (laughs) I love you, Sue, but there is no way you'd listen to me and stand for six hours. I'll pay you afterwards. Six hours. Now, remember, too, give you a little historical context. We live in a day and age, the proliferation of books, right? Things are written. So many books are out there. This is an oral culture. So that's how things were passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, you had the Torah. But for a lot of these people, they're sitting there, and they're astounded. And he's going, listen, he's reading Leviticus. Michael, are you listening to me? He's reading Leviticus. 
He's going through all the laws. You ever look at some of those laws? I have a cool thing that I'm doing the end of August. If you have kids or you, you have people that are in their 20s, 30s, I don't know, young kids, I have a two-part series. I can't wait to unleash on this place. It's going to be Labor Day weekend and the first week of September before I unload with the David series. I'm a little type A. Yeah, I know what I'm I just <laughs> getting into it. Why was I saying? Did you ever see some of the crazy laws? I, 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 again, I didn't plan on but right? You, you read some of these? How about you're not allowed, right? You're not allowed to sweep the floor because... The dust will get in the air, and that would be plowing. What? Like, that's work? That's plow? I mean, there's just so many weird, the fabrics that you use. you got to go look there sometime, right? People go, Leviticus is so boring. It is boring. All right, let's just stop. I'll just stop. It's boring, right? Jack, it's good, right? Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Jamal, what were you saying? You read Leviticus this morning? What did you read in Leviticus? What did you read in Leviticus? Don't make me bring the microphone to you. Unbelie- I believe you. When are you doing a series on Leviticus in the church? Because I got your back. I'll sit right in the front row. I got your back. Yeah. You don't know Jamal. Jamal has a great sense of humor. I know he would just roll with that. Some of you are really afraid. You're like, this dude's crazy. He's like just talking to people in the audience. I just feel like this is how I teach in school. And I guess you're seeing more and more of my personality, even though I've been teaching for so long. I just feel like it, it's, I don't know, it's just me. So whatever. Okay, so, um, so they, they hadn't studied it. And they lived there, right? And, and it's interesting because here's the question. I went to a doctor's office with Megan. We went to New Jersey uh, this past week for an appointment we had with Jameson. And it was so fascinating because Megan was in talking to the doctor and we had a miracle that happened. And I'm not getting into all of it now because we're in the midst of the miracle and I don't want to say anything yet until, because it's just, I don't want to give you part of the story. I want to give you the whole story. And what happened though that was so neat is I'm outside and the doctor said, don't thank me. Go out and thank the woman at the front desk because she kind of deals with the insurance company. And I went out there and I had this long conversation. And at first I'm like, hey, what do you like? What do you like? What kind of, re- what restaurant do you like in the area? I'm in New Jersey. I don't know the area at all. And she's like, what, is, what are you talking about? I need to know what you like. I need to know what he likes in there because I'm buying you something. It's on me. And she's like, all taken back and everything. And then she starts to talk to me about, you know what happens? Sometimes people get this certain type of medication. Some people come in and they get, they see results with it. And then they get complacent because they've seen results and they stop and they're not supposed to. So here's my question. Can I give you a deep question today? right? Are you ready? How do we become content in life without becoming complacent? That's what God dropped on me. How do we, it's deep. You got to think about it because you, listen, I've been thinking about it all week. You can't just look at, you're going to have to take that with you. Remember I told you you got to take a doggy bag when you leave church? When you leave sermons, you better wrap it up in the doggy bag and you better think about it when you leave and you go to your car. How do we stay content in life? Paul, I'm content in all circumstances. He knew how to live, you know, with with a lot, with means. He knew how to live with nothing. How do we as a people live content, but don't get complacent? That is the problem with my life. Because I'm always looking at it going, I said to you, I'm not a great celebrator. I'm always looking at things going, man, I don't have time to stop and celebrate this. Because if I celebrate this, somebody's going to get ahead of me. People I don't even know. Who, who are you talking about, James? Who are these people that you're looking at? Right? I have these conversations in this battle. It's, I don't know who it is, but that's what I think. If I stop, I'm being complacent. You better keep moving down the road. Don't stop. 
The enemy just wants to keep us moving and moving and moving and moving. And you know what? I'll pick a point of arrival and then I'll celebrate then. Let me ask you, what's your then? Is your then a, 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 a balance in your bank account? Then, then I'll stop. Then I'll retire. Then I'll stop. I have enough money. I have enough of an nest egg. You're a college student. Oh, maybe when my GPA gets here, then I'll stop. I see people all the time when it comes to relational status. Happens all the time. They, they want somebody so bad. They want a significant other so bad. And that's all they pray about. That's all they think about. And then they get it. And then, they stop, and then they're gone. See you, God. Peace out. Thank you. What is then for you? Because I think when you look at this story here, Ezra and Nehemiah, they're overseeing the construction and they say to themselves, we need to stop. We only built the walls, but we need to stop and stage a celebration. Stage a celebration. Did you read it? Did you see in the text? Whoa, they built a, they built a, she, she got it. He got, who is it? Well, I can't see. It's it. What's Give me the name. Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing, big boy? It's all good. You can talk to me as much as you want. So they, they build a high wooden platform for this occasion. It's built for a purpose. They build a stage. But you look at sacrifice and you look at celebration. One without the other is not sustainable. One with, did you hear me? Joanne got it. One without the other is not sustainable. If we sacrifice, 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 and sacrifice, and don't stop and spend time to celebrate, we're going to break. But then I meet people, listen, that all they want to do is party, and they want to celebrate, right? And they don't want to sacrifice, and they don't want to do the work. I've been teaching for 20 years. Listen, I love when I get to bring in my other life. Right? I live in these two worlds. I'm at a wedding last night, and then Megan just gives it away. I'm talking to these people, right? And then it's, I just go, to, I to, I've told you before, but I, you know, if I want a long conversation, right, a long conversation, I don't tell them I'm a preacher, right? I tell them I'm the history teacher. If I like where it's going, you want a short conversation? Yeah, I'm a preacher. They're like, whoa. <laughs> right? Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Just imagine, right? You didn't know me, and you're at a wedding, and you're like, oh, here's the preacher, right? And the guy's got a drink in his hand. He's ready to like kind of hide it behind his like, dude, I don't care if you have a drink. Give me a break. I'm not religious. But, yeah, so you see people, what was I saying? I got, my point was, I, I teach, right? I've been teaching for 20 years. And it's funny because I'll see younger people. I teach 17 and 18-year-olds. And it's funny, some of them I know, like their parents will have businesses or whatever. And I see some kids that want to celebrate, but they don't want to sacrifice. And they're in a season of their lives where they're supposed to be sacrificing, but they want to celebrate. They just want to celebrate. They don't want to sacrifice anything. They don't want to give up. They just say, you know what? I want what my parents have. I want what those people have. You live in a culture. You younger people, listen to me. You live in a culture that tells you this. And we see the work ethic. It's not what it used to be. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Jamal, am I lying? Come on. It's true. It's not what it used to be. And I'm making a generalization because there are young people in there. And you say, you know what? I work really hard. And I bet you do. But you have to understand one without the other is not sustainable in our lives. And make sure you see this here. What was wild is it's the first day of the seventh month. And I don't have time to get into all the festivals and stuff that they had. Did you know, though, the first day of the seventh month? You know what? You know what it was? You ready for this? 
on their civil calendar. You ready for this? Come on, come on, lean in, lean in. You ready for this? You know what it was? It was the celebration of nothing. They just decided. They said, we're going to have a celebration. It's celebration time. It's time to get down to J-Town. It's time to build the platform. It's time to go. Get the choice food, the fatty food. Get all the sweet drinks because we're going to celebrate what God's done. All the cities. Listen, look. The education system is in ruins. The economy imploded. Everything's a mess. But they look at what they did with the walls and they said, if we can build the walls, we will not have enough strength to build the cities and build up the education if we don't stop right now and celebrate. What about in our lives? What are you not celebrating? And this is, you know what we do? This is an aid in us. Can I give it to you, right? Trying to break it down and make it accessible. Russell, you ready for this? You know, when you have little kids, right? And the little kids are like, they're like blubbering messes, right? And all of us, you, we all were there at one point. And there they are. And there's little Johnny. And he's taking his first Arthur, right? How old Arthur? Does Arthur walk? He's got a gift, okay? So Arthur's already walking. But you see these little kids, right? And there we are, mommy and daddy's right all of you. Yeah, come on. Come on, Arthur. You can do, oh, what a big boy. All he did was take a couple of steps. Arthur's not ready to go out and take a job. Arthur's not ready to go out and take the SAT. He's not ready for any of that, but he took a couple of steps. You go into a doctor's office and what do they do? They say to you, you have certain milestones that you have to, your child meet these milestones, right? You know what I'm talking about? How come we do that when the kids are little and then we get older as adults, we just kind of stop and we don't celebrate things. I'm telling you this morning to pull out the blue and red plate and stage your celebration. You, not me, you are the interior decorator of your own heart. Did you hear that? That should be up somewhere. I don't know. That should be somewhere. We are the interior decorators of our own hearts. I can't tell you what has come upon, and some of you have said, and this is, I appreciate it, the support and the encouragement, but something has come upon me that I realize that, and I feel a certain weight, and God's saying to me, listen, I'm putting more on your plate, I'm trying to do something inside of you, I'm trying to take you to a new level, but in order for you to go to the next level, you're going to have to spend more time with me, and you're going to have to see what I want to teach you, and I would say to you, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, what God has in store for you but it's going to be revealed by his spirit. I'm not preaching the next couple of weeks, but listen, I didn't come to mail it in this morning. Came to preach. Man, I'm feeling this now because you're helping me preach. Okay? You with me so far? You with me? I know you're with me. I know you're with me. All right? Now, for each of us, listen, listen, by the way, too, by the way, too. Yeah, Jeremy, listen. This, this stand right here, we, do you like the big, pu- I don't like, I didn't, the big pulpit, no more, right? No more big pulpit. We're going to order a little pulpit instead of this, like, music. Do you like this better? Should I just throw this thing out of the way, too? <laughs> Can't do that. For each of us, though, listen, there's a long way between where we are today and where we'd like to be. How many of us know? You're lying to yourself if you say that's not true. There is a, there's a wide gap. There's a chasm between where you currently are today and where you would like to be. But don't get me wrong, that's a good thing. Because if you lose that ambition to get somewhere, we're all under construction, right, in the body of Christ. We're all being made into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. 
right? But if that's the case, you need that ambition, right? If you don't have that ambition, what happens to us? You become complacent. Like Mickey said to Rocky, you lose the eye of the tiger, right? You lose it. Rock, what happened to you? That's the Bible, my way of saying what the Bible's saying. We lose what's there. So we need to build a platform. Can I, Joanne, you'll appreciate, Dana, you'll appreciate this because you can understand this. I said it to Megan, and Megan said, oh, you got to share that. I, I, she's my audience a lot of times, so I just practice, and if I get a good response, I'm like, all right, that stays in the notes. Sometimes I get a bad response, I'm like, Doot. and then sometimes I'm like, I'm just keeping it because I like it, <laughs> right? You're like, I don't need to know your sermon outline. I don't need to know how you come about your sermon, but I'm just telling you because I love you. So what's interesting is I was thinking about the church. Can you, everybody just look around this church. Look at this church. The other day I thought about it. I said, you know what? I was in my car and I'm outside and I'm parked and I was blown away. I just said, can I just sit for a second? Can I just relax? It's cool. So I'm just thinking to myself, I said, you know what? I said, it's amazing where God has taken us. Look at where we are now. Zechariah writes, do not despise. Do not despise small beginnings. And I sat in my car. Listen to me. I'm serious. I sat in my car and I thought back to the old white church down the road. God bless that old white church, but God bless the fact that we're no longer in the old white church. How many of you are with me? But I thought back, and you're going to hear more of the story. When we do a vi- we do Envision Sunday, it's going to be something that's going to be part of the church, and that's going to be rolled out in the fall. Yeah. And in there, listen, a lot of us don't know the story, the history of this church. Pastor Joe is at an event, some like, I don't even know. Do you remember? I don't even know what event it was. He meets this guy, John Barker. You don't know that name. We become friends with this Barker family. They own, they're part owners of the Roanoke Sand and Gravel. Long story short, the property, the seat that you're sitting in, the land that we have right here was given to us for a dollar. For a dollar. We had other benefactors. I can talk because they're not in the house today. But we've had other people that have given money. And I look at it sometimes and I say, stop saying where you want to be and sit back and sit in that parking lot, boy, and celebrate where you are as a church and where God has taken you. And I would say to you, you sit in your car today and you think about where God has taken you, where you once were and you were in the devil's clutches. And God said, look, I snatched you out. I took you out from there. Look at where you are today. It's not where you ultimately want to be, but it's pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. I didn't get an amen on this side. I got it over here. You with me? It's pretty good. We need to stage our own celebration and thank God for where we are. And then you even, even think of this. I was looking at the Bible and I said, you know what? You go into Genesis. I didn't put this up in the PowerPoint, but you'll just get this. Do you know when God created everything? He created the heavens and the earth, the ocean teeming with creatures, created everything, right? Did you know after each day, God didn't just wait until the seventh day and say, you know what? Then I'm just, I'm just going to kick back on the seventh day and I'm going to chillax and look at everything that I've done. Did you know that God stopped at the end of day one and said, it's good. And he stopped at the end of day two and he said, it's good. And then he went to day three and he said, this is good. He celebrated in stages. And if the master of the universe, the one that created us, celebrated everything in stages, that means we, as his created beings, are to celebrate in stages too. Stop waiting till you get to a certain place. 
we always say, and I've always got, you know, I love it when you, you meet people, and I know none of you would this would apply to, but you meet people and they're always like, man, I just can't wait, right? I just can't wait to retire. Dude, you got 30 years before you retire. <laughs> Look at me. You got 30. You just started your teaching career. Devin, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the imaginary person next to you. You have 30 years, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Then I'll be happy. Man, I just can't wait till my kids leave one day. Your kids are five and seven years old. Unless you're going to pull a home alone, take off, whatever. Like, you need to raise your own kids. How about finding joy in the now? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No, this is the day. Not July 4th on Tuesday. This is the day to stage a celebration for something. This is the day to pull out the red and the blue plate. Woo! I don't know what kind of preacher I'm becoming here. I don't know what I'm doing. Pray for me. So they celebrate, but they're far from done. And can I give you a little secret? You ready for this? You ready for the secret? You ready? The enemy despises us when we realize that we have, if we can just take one step, he goes, "Uh uh-oh, they're straightening their legs. If they can find the strength to take one more little baby step, and then they can find the strength. Get all my minions. Get all those demons. There's a guy that understands. He's taken another step. He's taken a small step. Do you realize that? The enemy wants us to live with all of discouragement. He wants us to regret things in our lives. But if we can just say, no, 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 I'm the head and not the tail. I'm a new creation. I have been crucified in Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave up his life for me. Right? You with me? That's what he wants. But what we need to do, listen to me, what we need to do is when I said to you in Zechariah 4.10, the text says, does anyone dare despise the day of small beginnings? You know why some of us can't get any momentum? I'm I'm going to be real transparent now. Get ready. You know why some of us can't? Because we don't get any momentum? Because we lose two pounds. You know what we do? I just lost two pounds. I'm going to go have a donut. I'm going to celebrate by having a donut. You don't need a donut. You need to go celebrate by taking a walk around your block. Put the donut back. Say no to the donut. You pay off $100 on your credit card. That doesn't mean you go spend $200. We get some momentum. We, We want to skip the sacrifice and then go straight to the success. It was only after they built the wall around them that they said, you know what? Now it's time to celebrate. Some of us want to give our acceptance speech for the Grammy without the grind. I tried an Oscar one, but it didn't work. I don't know. So I went to the Grammy. I'm not a Grammy guy, but you know what I mean? We want to give that acceptance speech. We want to bypass the sacrifice. We want to bypass the work. No, no, no. There's work for us to do. And it's a slow and steady process. We're constantly growing. We're growing. We're growing. How many of you like David Letterman? Any David Letterman fans in the house? Any David Letterman fans in the house? Not many? No? Some? Couple? Well, this was interesting. A few years ago, I just I filed this away. I knew I'd use it at some point in the future. On uh, Rolling Stone magazine, when they were asking him, he had an interview about his last show, right? The celebration of his last show. And this is what he said in the interview. And it, it really, to me, it was, it was quite powerful. He said, I'm dreading it, right? The end. He said, as Regis used to say, I don't like going down memory lane. And I'm afraid that's what this is all about. 
After we get through with it, then I'll sit back and see what we've done. But for now, I just want it to be over with. You know what the sad thing is? This is how some of us live our lives. When we get to the seventh day, then I'll celebrate. When I pay everything, no, 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 no. We, in order to have the strength to get to the seventh day, you have to stop and you have to celebrate even though, and I'm repeating myself, but that's what I'm supposed to do as a preacher because that's what they teach you to do because I got to make sure it gets inside your head. You can't just wait till you get to the finish line. Celebrate along the way in stages and see what God has. And I was thinking about it too. When we built the mother-daughter house with my parents like seven years ago, Megan and I, I don't know, is she here? She's not, where, baby, remember, where is she? Where is she? I love to point, she left, she left me. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> baby, I love you, I was just looking for you. A little shout out to you, baby. When we, when we built the house, right, we built the house, I remember when the foundation was going in, and we'd like celebrate in stages. I was thinking of another example. Does anybody look, and no one looks at the foundation and goes, that is the sexiest foundation I have ever seen. <laughs> Look at that foundation, how sexy and beautiful it is. Bill did, because that's what he does for a living. That's weird. Normal people don't do that. But there, there we were, and you look at it, right? And you look at a foundation, and you go, that's beautiful, because you realize it doesn't matter what color you're going to paint the walls. It doesn't matter how you're going to, the decor of the house. If the foundation is not solid, then nothing is solid. So that's why you better build your foundation first. What are you building your house on? You building it on sand and when the waves come and the storms of life come and they blow it away and your house is gone, are you building your house on a firm foundation? Yeah. Michael, come on, give it up. Love you, Mike. Listen, they were required. The walls weren't sexy. They required... For what was going to flourish, this is what they had to do. They got to build the walls. They had so much work that was in front of them. But listen, any day is an occasion for celebration. I'm almost done. I'm drawing to a close. I didn't have a really long sermon today. And you, did, you were a great audience today, so I'm going to let you off a little bit earlier. All right. <laughs> Jeremiah says his mercies are new every single day. Every single day, his mercies are new. Every single day. And I'm hoping that we're a people, right, that also, what does it also say? Can I, let me, I have to do this. I can't. I'm like weighing, like, do I do this? I'm like, I have to do this. But when you look at this, I want you to see this in 810 again. Now, I did the first part, and then it says, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I missed it. It wasn't there. It was in another part. It's in 11 moving forward. Let me just tell it to you. Because another part of this passage that's important, I'm not going to go back into my slides because you're going to like fall asleep on me. But... What's really interesting is, they, Nehemiah said, you got to give it away. You can't just hold on to the joy that you have. Look at other people that don't have any and give it away. You are blessed to be a blessing. Look at the person next to you say, you are blessed to be a blessing. I don't know. I didn't come up with that. I heard that before. I don't know. But we, you're blessed to be a blessing. So he's saying, you are to look at those people that have nothing and you're to try to bless them. Stop holding on to everything. If God's given you stuff, how can you bless other people? Look, you know what? I'm just going to do it right now. How about picking up your phone today as you leave this place? And how about, I'm just going to, I don't even know who I'm going to text. Let me see. Who am I going to text? How about, you can take your phones out and do the same thing. Who cares? Last week, I put, we pulled our phones out. We had a little game up there, right? 
but I'm going to pull my phone out. Who do I want to send a message to about some way that somebody has blessed you? Who has blessed you in your life? Who has done something and you say, man, you know what? You've really been a blessing to me. I'm going to text that right now. Great. If somebody's texting me right now, somebody just sent me a text. I'm not going to tell you who it is. No, they're playing games with me. I'll get them back though. Yeah, yeah. Can you wait a second? Can you? You've never done this. Is fun. I don't. I didn't plan on this, but it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just texting a brother. Yeah, you're all gonna check your phones now. The women aren't like you heard brother. You're not gonna check your phone, but yeah, mama like. Yeah, everybody. My wife just said mama like. That's the text I got from her. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Done. Send that out. Send that out. Send that out, send that out, send that out, send the message out. Bless somebody else, bless somebody else. Be selfless. Stop looking, in the, stop looking at yourself and all the issues and all the problems that you have. How about being a blessing to somebody else that's out there? Right? Be a blessing to somebody else. And the enemy's plan, listen, you know what he wants to do to us? You know what he wants to do? Come on, stay with me, I'm almost done. He wants to stack up discouragement. He wants us to look back at all the ways and he says, you're a failure. Do you remember what you did? You're never going to amount to anything. Look what you did. You think that you're a Christian. That's all right. That's all good. You think that you're a Christian. You're not really a Christian. If you were a real Christian, you would have never said that to your mom. If you were a real Christian, your marriage would have stayed together. If you were a real Christian, you would have done better in school. If you were a real Christian, you wouldn't have done this. If you were a real Christian, you wouldn't have done that. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you know what you need to do? You need to take whatever the enemy is saying to you, and you need to say, you know what? I'm going to stack it up. You know what, enemy? Thank you for the... I should be looking down. Enemy, thank you for the raw material that I can now use to build my stage in which I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to use all of the discouragement that you stacked up because it makes me look back and it makes me look up and I realize how great my God is and I realize how much his mercy is. I realize how great the grace that is available for me. Thank you, devil. I appreciate it. And then once you're done with it, I said this before, but I wanted to play it out for my birthday because this is my birthday present. Megan got me this. How many of you have the noise cancellation phones? And I said this, I don't know, in some part in the Jacob series, after you thank him for that and you thank him for what he, that raw material that you're now using, I want you to just take this. I want you to put your phones on and this, I want you to connect it to the word of God and you plug it into the word of God and you tell the chatterbox, you tell him, I'm not listening to you because I'm only going to look at what the word of God says and who I am and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I made this image. You're a liar from the pit of hell and you're going down and you know what? I'm not believing your lies anymore. Yeah, I look funny with these on, but I'm preaching. It's the truth. The enemy is not going to stop, friends. He doesn't want, he wants you to say, you know what? There'll be time for that down the road, but you're going to celebrate. You're going to take out the blue plate. You're going to take it out this week, not just on Tuesday. You're going to stage your own celebration. It's celebration time. And even your failures, listen to me, there's somebody in here and you say, I'm a failure. And I would say to you, the failure that you encountered is only fertilizer for what God wants to do in your life. It's fertilizer. He wants to grow you up. I got to encourage somebody else. I don't know why this has been on my heart for weeks, man. 
I met you like seven or eight weeks ago, right? You've been at every single part of the Jacob series. I don't know what's going on in your life, brother, but I'm encouraging you. You've been here every single week. I see your face. Sometimes I look at you because you're with me and you're there and you're tenacious. And I thank you, brother. Thank you. But I don't know. Listen, I don't know what's going on, but God's got plans for you. You can ask my wife. I have brought you up. Week. Have I not brought him up week after week, Megan? Have I not brought him up week after week? And I was disobedient last week because I was supposed to do it last week and I didn't do it. But you keep going, brother. Amen. Lord, Lord, I just, Lord, I love you, Father. Lord, I'm thankful that you celebrated, Lord, your creation in different stages. Lord, I'm thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are teaching us this morning through the book of Nehemiah. Father, that we are to stage our own celebrations. We are to decorate our own hearts. We come against the enemy in all of his tactics. He has come to steal. He has come to kill. And he has come to destroy. But, oh, Lord, his, his attacks, his vices, Lord, that they'd have no place in our hearts. They'd have no places in our lives. That you would foil every attempt. Lord, the mind is a battlefield. It's a battleground. Lord, I ask you to cover every single person in this place as they leave. As the enemy comes with his fiery darts. And he's going to shoot away. Saints, be on guard. Put on your spiritual armor, the Lord would say, as you leave this meeting today. Because he's going to try to steal the seed that was planted inside of your heart. Because he knows that that seed is one day going to sprout up and become a tree. It's like a mustard seed. Even though it's the smallest seed, it becomes the biggest tree. And he wants to take that out. God wants to do some things in your lives. Not just his, there's other people in here. God wants to do something in your life. Lord, Lord, have your way with us. Father, it's a celebration, Lord Jesus. But I celebrate every life and every soul in this room. Lord, we, we, don't, we know what you did, Father, on the cross. May we stop looking back in the rearview mirror at everything that we've done and all the ways that we failed. It doesn't matter. We're staging our celebration because we know it's all been taken on that cross. It is finished, the Lord would say to us. It's gone. It's finished. He doesn't even see it. It's over. You come up to this table this morning. I'm asking, what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? I have some blue plates. Who's going to be brave enough? I have some. I don't have enough for everybody. But you want a blue plate. You take the blue plate. This girl right here, who cares? No etiquette. I don't care. Why do we have to? Can I ask you a question? Because you, I'm, listen, things are changing. Listen, I told you. Can I, I don't even know if I should say this. I won't say it. I'm not going to say it. But I'm just, listen, I've said it before. But listen, I said it before. Pastor Tom is one of my dear friends. There's a reason why he was moved to Alabama because God's saying, you know what? I'm doing a new thing at City on a Hill Community Church. It's not just James Lecce. There are other people that are all part of this. It's not just one person. And God wants to do something and blow the doors off this place. God wants to bless us in ways. I believe that 2017 is the year of blessing for this church. I'm telling you something. Don't despise this day because God's taken us somewhere. He's given me a new boldness. He's given the other pastors a new boldness and a belief that he is on the move. Aslan is on the move. So when you come up here today, you come with expectancy and you say, I'm, you just talk to God. God, I'm celebrating this today. I'm staging my own celebration. 
And this is what I'm celebrating. How far you've taken me in my life. I did it with the church and where we are. Because there are sometimes my attitude's not great. Because my attitude's not great. I'm like, man, God, what's, what's going on? Why, what's, what's the deal here? What's the deal? Why isn't this easier? Why was this Sunday hard? Why was this sermon so hard to preach? Man, you got to get new perspective, James. I'll stop. Ushers, please come forward. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.